Oh, good. If not, stay tuned. Maybe something else I say will make you happy. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, let's look at the Word of God today. It's good to be back in Branson. Good to be home. Home. I've had two homes the last three years or so, so this is home. This is a good place to be. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray over the Lord. Father God, we do thank you for your good word today, Lord. We pray that you help us in utterance and revelation and anointing, Lord, that we believe together as one and that it be your word that come forth, not mine, that you speak through it through me and, and help us today to hear your message, Lord, what you would say to us to build us up, to encourage us, and to keep, help us to go on further and step up higher in the things of God. And we give you the glory for every good thing that will happen today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's interesting that we ended with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus because we're going to talk a little bit about trusting God today. Amen. And, uh, you know, that that uh, song is on a CD that we played in my daughter's room every night, you know. I don't know that she still listens to it. She kind of has her own choices now. But it's on a Healing Praise CD. And uh, it, it's a healing song, amen? Trusting in God, that's how you get your healing. It's You know, people say, you got to have faith, got to have faith. You know, your faith will fail if you lose trust. Your faith will go downhill if you quit trusting. How many know you get a lot of people, they start out on a big faith. Boy, I'm in faith. I'm going to do this. God gave me a word. This is going to happen. And two weeks later, they quit. That's a trust issue, not a faith issue many times. When you lose trust in God, your faith goes away. Amen? Amen? People say, well, I still trust Him. No, many times we talk ourselves out of it. The enemy talks us out of it. There's many things that could happen in involving your faith. Uh, when, when trust leaves, trust is an aspect of love, right? Love trusts all things, right? And when you begin to not trust in what you believed, then you're about to fail, right? But God's Word is sure. Remember where we left off last time I preached, talking about His promises and being more than conquerors? Look at, open up to Joshua 21, 45. That's the gospel. We have great and precious promises. That's the gospel. Anybody been reading their chapters lately? It was a few, few days or weeks ago. We read Paul said, if they preach any other gospel than this, you know, there's only one gospel and it's called good news. Amen. So if they preach something other than good news, then, then that's not the gospel. Amen. If it doesn't help you, Right? Even if it doesn't sound good, if it, does, it, it could help you. But if it doesn't help you, if it doesn't make your life better, because everything that God does will make your life more gooder. Amen? Amen? Amen. Right? Yes. More gooder is better than better. It's gooder than better. Amen? So when you get more gooder, it's better than gooder. Or it's better, better than better. Amen? Gooder than better. How about that? It's the gooder rust, if you will. Amen? And uh, this is the gospel. We want, we want to preach the goodness of God. We want the people know that God is good. I remember when I started teaching Bible studies, it was in my heart that people understood that God was good. And and fact is, I made it my mission so much that I'm, I'm sure that I preached it wrong sometimes because I wanted to turn them up and shake them and say, God's good, believe it. And that doesn't help them 
But uh, God is a good God, and He's got good plans, and uh, it, it requires our faith, and it requires our love for Him. It requires, you know, I had somebody come up to me recently, and they said, they said, I've been doing this for this many years, and I, I've been waiting for a promotion, and, and I've been, you know, I've been believing God. And, and on what you could hear is that quitter tone. That's the tone of I'm getting ready to quit. Why would you quit on something that never fails? The enemy had to get in there somewhere and steal your trust in the word you were given. Right? Because it says in his word, have I not spoken it? Will I not bring it to pass? Right? God said that. He said, if I speak it, right, it's getting ready to come to pass. Amen? And it's just that certain. Right? Joshua 21.45. What's it say? It says, there failed not ought. I don't know what an ought is, but there didn't fail anything, right, of any good thing. Notice they add the word good in there because they want to know that what doesn't fail is the good things. Why? Because the good things out of God's heart. They're out of the love of God. The good things that He gives are through His love. The reason He wants you blessed, the reason He wants you successful, the reason He wants you healed and well is because He's a good God and He he's promises good things. And He said, "...not failed any of the good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel all came to pass." Glory to God. That's a good word. That is a sure word. Right? If God says none of these things failed, guess what? If you say, well, what about this? God's going to say, then that's coming. If if it didn't come to pass yet, it's coming to pass. Right? And when He gives us a sure word, He gave us His word through Jesus. He sent the word to us in Jesus Christ. And He gave us a more certain, a better covenant, a more sure word. Amen. He said, by whose stripes ye were healed. He gave you such a good word that he put it into the past tense. He said, you're not going to be healed. I've already brought healing to pass in your life. Amen. He has a good plan and he has these promises. But we must not only grab hold of the promise, but refuse to let go. When you lose trust, you let go. Right? If I said, if I told everybody, I'm going to give you $100 <laughs> if you'll meet me in the park at 2 o'clock this afternoon, everybody that shows up, I'm going to give $100. The ones that believed me would show up, right? The ones that trusted in what I said would be there. There'd be many say, yeah, I believe him, but, uh, you know. You know, I don't don't know if I can deserve $100. I don't know if I should have $100. You know, I could get there and he wouldn't give me $100. You could find a thousand excuses not to come get your $100. Right? right? But every one of those excuses would be a trust issue. Right? Did you trust that what I said I would bring to pass? Right? We need to trust that what God said is true. We need to not just believe His Word, but hold on to the... You know, it was the people that stood in the face of things that received the promises. Right? It, the ones that quit, we don't hear about them. You ever notice there's not a book of quitters? There's a hall of faith, right? Hebrews 11 talks about all the people that made it, but there's not a book on quitters. Because God doesn't want you to see what... He wants you to see His goodness... And His goodness is displayed through those who won. 
Amen? And that's His desire for us. In 1 Kings 8.56, 8, 1 Kings 8.56, it says, Blessed be the Lord that have given rest, has given rest unto His people Israel, according to all that He promised, there has not failed one word. Do you got a word today? If you don't, find one because He's spoken many words over you. He spoke a plan of redemption over your life through Jesus Christ. That was a sure word. We're not waiting to be redeemed. We have been redeemed. We've been purchased back through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And just as the song said, it'll save you, it'll heal you, it'll deliver you, it'll prosper you. It is a good and sure word. People say, well, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Yes, I do know what you're going through. You're going through an opportunity to quit. And every time you get to the other side and you haven't, you won. You took another step. Every time the devil tries to talk you into quitting, every time your flesh gets tired and you overcome, you have overcome. And you're just one more step closer to the promise that will forever be good. Right? And when we, when we hold on to that trust in what He said will come to pass, when we hold on to that, we become the victors that He's made us to be. Amen? Not one word of His... Boy, they just took that down right when I was reading, just like that. Just like that. Where's the love? <laughs> there has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of his of Moses his servant not one thing that he's promised us will not come to pass but that doesn't mean you get it tomorrow he promised Abraham he'd be the father of many nations when he was 70 some odd years old right well, didn't happen that day did it and Abraham had opportunity to quit. And Abraham, just like many humans, went as, he, he came up with his own plan. It doesn't say commit your ways unto the Lord, make up a plan, and I'll bless it. Right? He says commit your ways unto the Lord. Right? Where's the verse at? I got it somewhere in here. Let's just throw the notes in disarray immediately. There it is, Psalm 37. It says, Commit your way unto the Lord, 37 verse 5. Commit your way unto the Lord, and He'll bring it to pass. Now, oh, it says trust first. Weird. I think we got a lot of people saying, I commit my way unto the Lord, and I'm still waiting to bring it to pass. Well, that's where the trust part comes in. You know, much of waiting is trusting. What are you doing while you're waiting? People are pacing the floor waiting on God to do something. That, that is not waiting. Waiting is seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In other words, waiting is doing what He would have you do knowing that what He said is coming to pass. Amen? we got too many people waiting like this on God like they're at a bus stop waiting on the bus to come. And say, as soon as God moves, I'm going to serve Him. As soon as He gets me out of this problem, I'll serve Him. As soon as He gives me a raise, man, I'm going to serve Him. 
And if a better job gets me healed, I'm going to serve him. No. No, no, and no. Our, we are to serve him knowing that the word spoken shall come to pass. Serving him is our blessing. Right? And I'm not talking about serving the church. We got people serving the church that ain't never served God. <laughs> well, we didn't like that, did we? Serving at the church is not what God said to do. He said, serve me. If serving at the church is serving him, that's great. Right? And yes, you should serve at the church. But you should serve at work. You should serve at play. You should serve at your family's house this Christmas. You should serve God every day when you wake up. You are a servant going somewhere to serve. Right? Servants serve. That's what they do. They're not waiting on an opportunity to serve. They are a servant going to be that opportunity. Amen. When you walk into a room, there's a real good chance somebody's getting ready to get served in some way. Right? We're servants of the Most High God. Right? It does that. We don't lose that title. Boy, this isn't in my notes. <laughs> we don't lose that title when we walk out these doors. In fact is, we take that title out these doors and we glorify God. That, where, where are men going to see your good works and glorify the Lord? That's what it talks about in Matthew. Where are they going to see them? In church? Right? <laughs> well, I went to church and gave today. Everybody saw me. I put it in the bucket. I waved my check real high before I put it in so they knew. And I greeted and I, I signed up for this team, and I signed up for that. No. Serve outside these doors. Let somebody know the goodness of God out there. This is training ground here. Right? This is where we learn who we are. This is where we learn who to be who we are. This is where we, we build ourselves up to trust God when all the world comes against us. And it says, you're not going to make it. And we'll say, well, I committed that way to God. I guess I won't worry about what you just said. I committed that way to God. And I'll trust in Him and He'll bring it to pass. If you don't, if you skip the trust in Him, then you'll miss the I'll bring it to pass. Because somewhere along the line, the enemy will talk you out of your trust. He'll give you a bad doctor's report. <laughs> He'll give you an extra bill over the holidays. Huh? He'll make your car break down right when you were about to get caught up. Man, I was just about to get there and the stinking car broke down and I was just over the top. Guess what? God's big enough to take care of your car. And your trust can't be moved at that point. Your trust in what he said has to stand still and stand firm. Why do you think he said to the, to the children of Israel, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What's he saying? Don't be moved by the outside sources. Don't be moved by the circumstances. Well, they had some circumstances going on, didn't they? They had some chariots and some people coming behind them, and they had a Red Sea in front of them, and it did not look good. They had to trust. Guess what? If they, what, what, what happens when you don't trust in that situation? You turn around and die. Right? They had to trust. 
in the, Moses, in the God of Moses that led them out of there at that point. They had no other choice. I'm sure they wanted to whine. I'm sure they wanted to cry. But it wasn't time for any of that. There was no time for any of that. Amen? God said, stand still. He said, be still and know that I'm God. What's he saying? Don't be moved. Don't be moved. There's always going to be a circumstance. There's always going to be another way. There's always going to be your own plan. Don't be moved. Commit your ways to Him. Trust in Him and He'll bring it to pass. Amen? He's a good God. He's a good God. And, 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 and believe in who He is to you. That's how you trust in Him. You don't trust in somebody that you don't believe in. If you believe His Word, you trust Him. If the Word says, if God be for me, who can stand against me? Then if the Word says that and somebody's standing against you, that's the Word that should come up in you, not what should I do. You should be concerned for them at this point. Right? I've had people do stuff to me. And, and, and I remember when I was, and I'm still in, I mean, I still own businesses, but I'm not in the business world anymore. But I, people would do things that weren't right. I did not get concerned about my business. I got concerned about their life. Amen. You just came against a child of the Most High God. I'm not going to curse you. You're going to curse yourself. We don't curse people. We're blessers. You're putting yourself in a position. We need to be concerned about people that would come against the church, people that would talk bad about the church. We need to or know that they're getting ready to go away. <laughs> so, something good's not going to happen in their life. We need to pray for them. Right? God loves them. The grace of God is there for them. I was on the plane yesterday coming back here, and uh, there was a guy sitting several rows up in front of me, and he was... Probably well older than me, but he was dressed and attired like somebody about 16 or 17. And my natural mind goes, that's just weird. And immediately God rose up within me and said, Jesus died for him. I want my thoughts to go that direction. You know, I'd like to not think the first thing I thought and only think the second thing I thought all the time. In other words, God vision. Every person you see, you see in love. Every person you see is a person that Jesus died for. Amen? Why did I go there? I told that story for a purpose and lost it. It's free. There you go. There you go. You know, they're not an enemy of God. Is what, I'm, is what I'm trying to make a point of. And the person that's coming against you is somebody that Jesus died for and what he died for them while they were yet against him. And that person come against you, I don't, I don't want to be the person that says, oh, you'll be cursed forever. Don't do that kind of stuff. Pray for them because they are in a bad position. Amen? And we don't want them in that bad position. We want them in a good position, a position to receive from God, to receive his salvation that we received. Right? Because you could have been that same person messing with some other Christian. What if God would have smoked you right then? <laughs> How many times did, did lightning deserve to come out of the sky and hit you and didn't? <laughs> okay, I'll stop. All right. <clears throat> Amen? 
But people that come against a person of God or the enemy of any sort, when there is an enemy, right? And we know there's an enemy. We also know that he, the, his mode of operation is to get you to quit. He cannot defeat you. He must make you quit. You can only defeat yourself. The enemy cannot, absolutely has no power over, is not, is not within his ability or genetic makeup to defeat you or me. He cannot do it. He must cause us to quit. So he will use everything he can. Think about Hezekiah. Okay. Go, go to, go to uh, yeah, Hezekiah. Where's Hezekiah? What's he in? First Kings? Somewhere. He's in the Bible. Yes, sir. Second Kings, 18. Hezekiah. Look at verse, starting, just start in verse 5. Hezekiah, there's a good place to look. You know why it's a good place to look? Let's just look at this first verse, and I'll tell you. What, you can see, right, why it's a good place to look. 18.5 says, He trusted in the Lord. It's talking about Hezekiah. And the first one of the first, very first things it says about Hezekiah, he trusted in the Lord. He believed the word of the Lord, but he trusted in him. In other words, not only do I believe, I'll stand until I see what I believe. Amen? And it says, He trusted in the Lord so that after them, after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah nor any that were before him. Verse 6, For he clave, he trusted, he, he hung on. Clave. I wouldn't know who would use that word. So let's go with hung on. Amen? He would not let go of the Lord and departed not from following Him. In other words, he committed his way to Him. Right? And he trusted in him. He kept his command and he kept following, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 7. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered him everywhere he went, whithersoever. I'm going to use that word in a sentence today. Miss Kim's going to say, What do you want to eat? And I say, Go whithersoever and get me something. Whither. He prospered him everywhere he went. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. And the reason he brings this up, because the king of Assyria, and and we'll have to go, because this is a long story, but the king of Assyria, bad man. I mean, he was taking over stuff like it was going out of style. He was going to this country. He went to Israel, took up part of them, and, and took them over and made them be, some, made them be a part of a whole other place, right? And he was taking over countries, and he came into Judah, took some of the fortified cities, some of the big, strong cities of Judah, which, which uh, Hezekiah was the king of. Amen? And Hezekiah, where is it about... Uh, Oh, boy, this, I might have to actually go to 2 Kings. Did you guys at 2 Kings? I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. Hezekiah, he came against him, and Hezekiah said, uh, oh, I've done wrong. He said, I've done wrong. What, what can I do for you, king of Assyria, you know, that uh, could please you? And the king of Assyria asked too much. He asked more then Hezekiah was willing to give, right? He said, well, they found a verse for me. It says, Hezekiah sent to king of Assyria. I have offended. He said, I've offended. Return from me. 
Which thou puttest on me, we'll, we'll bear it. Well, I don't know how King James ever read what he said. I don't know. And the king of Assyria said, uh, You give me 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Verse 15. Verse 15. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and of the And everybody, you know, this looks bad, but Hezekiah wasn't giving him what he asked. Right? How do you know? Because he got mad. Right? If he'd have gave him what he asked, then the king of Assyria wouldn't have got mad. Right? He didn't give him what he asked. He gave him the silver that was in the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house in verse 16. And, and at that time did he cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and the pillars which Hezekiah the king, the ones he had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. But obviously that was not 300 talents of gold or 300 talents of, what was it, gold and silver, whatever. It wasn't what he asked for. Verse 17 and the king of Assyria sent back people. I'm not going to even try to say those names, huh? <laughs> to the king with a, great, with a great host. He sent back people with a great host. He not only sent back people, he sent a great host. And they went up and they came to... But how do you know now he's going to try to get his trust off God? Because the first thing it said is he trusted God. Right? First thing it said is he trusted God. This enemy can't defeat you. It has to make you quit. Right? Right? Okay, read on. Hezekiah and, and, and when, they were there, when they were come up, they came up and stood by the conduit. They came by the highway. They came and stood right there. That's where they stood. Verse 18. And when they had called to the king, he didn't come out. He sent people out. He sent Eliakim, I guess, <laughs> the son of Hilkiah which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. He sent people, but he didn't come out himself. Verse 19, And the, and the man that uh, king of Assyria sent, Rabshakeh. What's this? Rabshakeh. Does that make you scared? Huh? They probably gave him a name like that so he maybe scare somebody. I don't know. He said, speak, to, speak now to Hezekiah. He's, he's talking to Hezekiah's people. And he said, thus saith the great king. So immediately he starts telling you how big the enemy is. Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria. He could go on. He could say the king that defeated these people and the king that defeated these people and the king that's getting ready to defeat you. So thus saith your enemy. Right? What confidence in is this wherein thou trustest? Trustest. Goodest is a better word, huh? What confidence? Who's your confidence in? What's Hezekiah, who do you think you are? Amen? Verse 20, they say, Thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have, count, I have counsel and strength for the war. In other words, I'm bigger than whoever you trust in. Huh? Is that what he's saying? Now on whom does thou trust? And thou rebellest against me, the king of Assyria. In other words, who are you trusting in that you're so big? Because I got all this strength, I've got all this power. I'm, in other words, you got bills. The doctor said this. These people say this. Well, these people are talking bad about me. It doesn't matter who says what. Well, it doesn't matter what the enemy says. Trust in the Lord. Amen. 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 It doesn't matter how big he says he is. It doesn't matter how bad the situation gets. That's right. Amen. Right. 
God is bigger. Amen. And that's this. They're trying to. The enemy will try and get you to quit by showing himself greater than your God. And the only way he can get you to quit is if you quit trusting in that which you've held held tight to, and you let go. Amen. Verse twenty-one. Now behold, you you trust upon the staff of this bruised reed. He's saying, he's saying, oh, what are you what are you doing? You trusting in Egypt? Hezekiah wasn't trusting in Egypt. You know, he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to get him sidetracked on other things, go off on rabbit trails, get get him thinking. You know what what's he trying to do here? What is he really trying to do? You trust in that credit card? trying to bring something else up to your mind to trust in besides the God you're trusting in. Why? Because if I can't get you not to trust in God, I've got to get you to trust in something else. If I can't get you afraid of me, and then I've got to get you to trust in something besides God. Right? The enemy will has got to get you to quit. That's what we have to understand. He has to get you to quit. He cannot defeat you. You are undefeatable. Amen? And so he'll come to you at anything. He'll say, he'll say, well, trust in the credit card then. You know? Or, or trust in what they say. Trust in what they say. Don't trust in the word of the Lord. This, you know, people look at this like he's just off track. He's not off track. He's trying to remind him that there's other kingdoms. Maybe he could, maybe he could go join up with them. Right? And he says... Are you trusting in Egypt? Verse 21. 22, I'm sorry. But if you say unto me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he who's high? Now now they're trying to, oh, let's get the people to turn against you. You're going to trust in the Lord. Is it he? Isn't it he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away? In other words, he's mad at you anyway. You did the wrong things. You listened to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah is messed up. You listen to that preacher said, by faith, <laughs> if you listen to that preacher say, God wants you to prosper and be in health, you listen to that preacher say that, that by whose stripes you were healed, you listen to that preacher. <laughs> right? He's saying, what are you doing listening to him? Right? said, he took away the high places and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, we shall worship before this altar. What did he say? He said, you will do what God said. That's what he said. That's what Hezekiah said. We're going to do what God said. We're going to worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Amen? Verse 23. Now, therefore, I pray you, give pledges. In other words, I've told you this big, long story. You need to quit. You can't make it. You can't stand against us. Your king's a fl- he's a flake. He's doing everything the other kings didn't do. So you need to just give pledges to the Lord, to my Lord. In other words, what are you doing? This is garden talk. Isn't it? Isn't it garden talk? You know, the next thing he's going to say is, did he say? Did he not say? He's going to start using God's word against him. That's what he did in the last thing about the high places. That's garden talk. Right? The Garden of Eden. When he said, the Lord didn't say that. 
right? Why? I got to get you to serve another God. If you trust in this one, I can't defeat you. Right? He said, give pledges to, to my Lord, the king of Assyria, and I will deliver you. Now he's making him promises. <laughs> Come over on our side. Do it our way. You can get healed here. We got extra. We can give you a cash advance and, and an equity loan. And <laughs> yeah, we can find a thousand ways for you to get further in debt. right I'll quit saying right the word of the Lord is (laughs) and I'll deliver you 2,000 horses and you'll be able to be on our part on your part to set riders upon them I'll give you horses and you can put riders on them in other words we're going to get you your own kingdom here what's he trying to do he's trying to get Hezekiah's people to turn against him right Why? Because then he'll quit. If he can get you to quit, then he's got no power. Verse 24. How then will that turn away the face of the one captain of the least... I really don't know how he reads this. Of my master's servants and put thy trust on the Egyptians for chariots and horsemen. Verse 25. Am I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Is that the, is that the king of Assyria's people telling him that the Lord said to do it now? Is that what that is? I think so. This sounds like the garden. Huh? You think I've just come here on my own? It's confusing in the King James, isn't it? You know how many times I read this passage this morning? So I was like, first thing I was like, well, he gave him money. Why was he upset? And God said he didn't give him what he wanted. And I said, then they're talking and they're talking and they're not saying anything. And he said, that's what the enemy does. He talks and he talks and he doesn't say anything. And he tries to get you confused as to what you believe. Amen? And if he can get you confused as to what you believe, then he can destroy you. Right? Because he's a destroyer. That's what he's trying to do. Verse 26. Then said, our man. This is our man. (laughs) He said, speak, I pray, the end of your servants in Syrian language. For we understand. In other words, don't speak where everybody here can understand you. We understand you. And and in verse 27, they don't do it. Verse 28, they they don't do anything that they've been asked to do. They have no respect for the things of God. How do you know your enemy? He has no respect for the things of God. He'll tell you to do anything else and he'll do it a completely opposite way. He will rebel from any word that would help somebody. Or You know what you can really find out? Is if there's zero love, there is zero God. Amen? And, and, and they said, hear the words of the great king of Assyria. Right? Well, they say that they, they spoke in the Jewish language. And they, that's why. Because they're trying to make the other people afraid. The people sitting around them, they want them afraid. They want people to quit. If, if, if we can get you to quit, you'll lose your trust and you will never have the word that God gave you. Amen? Verse 29. Actually, go to verse 30. No, I, we'll go back to 29. I'm sorry. 
It says, Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you. Oh, now he's talking bad about the king again. He's, he's, he's speaking words that are going to deceive you. Do not believe him. He is trusting in the Lord. What does he want? He's wanting these people to take away their faith in their point of reference to God. Hezekiah is their point of contact to God. If he can get them to quit, he now has them. He says, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for you cannot stand up against us. And and he says, you shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. You can't defeat the king of Assyria. You cannot defeat this enemy. How many times have you heard this? How many times have you heard people that are about to quit say, I can't do it? You know why? Because they had a voice in their head out here telling them they couldn't do it for weeks and weeks and months and months. You can't make this marriage work. You can't help your kids. You can't do this. You can't be healed. You can't be financially independent. You can't do this. You can't, can't, can't. Can't never ate a biscuit, right? That's what mom always told me when we said we can't. She said, can't never ate a biscuit. Like, I don't know what that means, mom. Okay. I have no idea what that means. I guess Kent doesn't know how to eat a biscuit. <laughs> Verse 30. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, the Lord, what's he saying? He's saying, don't believe the word of Hezekiah that says the Lord will surely deliver you. Don't believe what Hezekiah says. Don't let him make you trust in God. The enemy's going to try, he's got to get you to quit. Right? What's he saying? He's saying, cast away your confidence, therefore. See, he's saying the exact opposite of what Hebrews 10 says. Hebrews 10 says, cast not away your confidence, therefore. And he's saying, cast away your confidence, therefore. Right? Why don't you cast away your confidence? Because it has great recompense of reward. In other words, it will pay. If you hold on, confidence is a trust word. Confidence is a word of trust. In other words, it says, no matter what, I'm standing because I know that word's true. That is mine and I'll have it. Amen? And that's the word of the Lord. Amen? The Lord, the Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered. In the, he's saying, don't believe him and don't be trusting God. Verse 31, hearken not to Hezekiah. He can't get him to change any other way. Next thing is, I got to strike the, sheep, the shepherd so the sheep will scatter. Right? I got to make the shepherd look bad enough so the people will go away. A ministry. If you've got a ministry, the, 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 the enemy's going to come against the head of that ministry. Why? Why? Because strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Right? How many people have seen ministries that split? There, there's still people out there today hurting because of a church split, because of something that happened bad in a church, something that didn't happen right in a ministry. It's not a good thing. But it's the enemy's device. Let, let, me hurt the, let me hurt the head. Let me make him look bad. Don't believe Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, the big king, the great king, make an agreement with me by a present. In other words, give me something. You know what? Make a covenant with me. Switch your allegiance. You know, people say, I'd never do that. When you lose trust in God, you gain trust in something else. 
There's no such thing as someone who's not trusting. Notice what it says in Jeremiah 17. The first thing it says, it says, Cursed is the man that trusts in the, ar- in the arm of the flesh. Right? Then it says, Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. There's two kinds of trust. If you're not trusting in the Lord, you're trusting in someone else. Usually it's yourself or someone else. And they're not the Lord. If you're trusting in the job, it can't save you. Right? It's the Lord. He says, make an agreement with one, with me by a present and come out to me and then eat every man. Oh, here's more promises. Bring me a present. This is like, again, this is garden talk. You'll be like the most high. Right? This is like what the devil tried to say to Jesus. He said, just do this and I'll give you everything. This is a temptation to quit. What was the devil trying to get Jesus to do? Not sin, quit. He was hungry, I want you to eat. That was quitting. He, he, he showed him the kingdoms. You can have these. Quit, have these. Why go through all this? Quit. It's the same. He's not changed. He's an old devil with old tired tricks. Amen? And we don't have to believe his junk. He said, give me a present. I'll give you your own. You'll have fig trees and you'll have your own wells. Your own, you'll be able to drink your own water. Verse 32, until I come and take away and take you away. In other words, you'll have it until I take it away. It's almost like people don't hear that part when the devil says, you can have all this until I take it away. I never talk about you when you're, when you're with me. <laughs> you're a great person as far as you know. The devil, he, he, he's, he is a deceiver. It's what he does. And it's like they won't even see this part. You'll have all this good stuff until I come and take it, take it away. But I'll take you to your own land, the land of corn and wine, bread and vineyards, land of oil and honey, olive oil and honey that you may live and not die. Big promises. Big promises. In other words, i got to take you away from everything that God's promised you. This land was yours. Jerusalem is yours. The land that, you cro- that Moses and Joshua crossed over to get was yours. But I'm going to take you away from that. I'm going to give you something better. There is nothing better than God. Once you hear that lie, you know to turn away because there is no such thing. There is, and you got people all the time that say, well, you know, this, this, this way looked better. There is not a better way. There's not a better way. God has the way. Amen? He says that you may live and not die and hearken not. And you don't have to listen to Hezekiah anymore. But hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persuades you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. What's he saying? He's saying, i got to get you not to believe that word. See, what they were believing is Hezekiah said, The Lord will deliver us. And it was a word from the Lord. It's like him saying, Don't believe in that word that says, By whose stripes ye were healed. You'll have everything you ever wanted if you just won't believe in that word. Don't believe in that word that says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't believe in that. 
Why? Because he wants you to quit. Any mode of operation that he can do to get you to quit is what he wants. If he can get you to quit to go on to something else or if he can get you to quit because that's too bad, then he's, he's, he has done exactly what he wants to. Verse 33, hath, and then he starts talking about other people that they've defeated. Let me, let, me make, let me make you afraid. Let me make you afraid. Let me make you afraid. Tries to make them afraid for the next few verses. And guess what? The end of this story... Hezekiah, you know what? One of the neat things about it, it, after they were done with all their talk, it says that these men said nothing because Hezekiah told them to say nothing. So he, he, he goes through all this thing. He, yeah, there he's in verse 36. He says, but the people, this is after he said, what about, the, what about this country? They had a God and we defeated them. What about this country? They had a God and we defeated them. They were big. We defeated them. We're greater than anything. We're the latest greatest. Come join us. <laughs> and the people just looked at him. Why? Because the Lord will surely deliver us. They had a word. Amen. They had a word. When we've got a word, we don't be moved. We don't be moved by a good report or a bad report. It doesn't matter, matter what the report is. We have a report. Amen. We have the report of the Lord. It's like when you're in the hospital. You're not waiting on a report. You already have one. Believe the report you have. Listen to the one that comes so that you can rebuke it and not speak to it. Hold on to the report you have. Amen? Because they said, we're not going to answer that. And they continued to trust in the Lord, and the Lord smote the Assyrians. He smote the Assyrians. The Lord took care of the Assyrians. Why? Because they would not cast their confidence. They would not get rid of what they believed. Amen? Look at that in Hebrews. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll close with that. How about that? I've got it in my notes. Sure I do. Right there. Hebrews 10, 35. You think, you think these people for Hezekiah were patient? They sat there and listened to everything the enemy said. And you know why patience works right there? Not because they waited it out, but because their love for God and for Hezekiah was greater than anything they were offered, anything they were told. Love casts out fear, so fear had nothing against them. And love never fails, so nothing that they were offered was greater than love. That patience is a love word. It says love is patient. When you are patient, you are love. Amen? When you operate in, in an ability of God, which patience is, you now operate in love. And now you are operating at a level that cannot fail. Amen? And so they were operating on an unfailing level. Why? Because they loved the Lord, and the Lord had spoken to Hezekiah. They loved Hezekiah, and therefore they were not moved. And Hezekiah was definitely not moved. You know, notice Hezekiah didn't even go out there and listen to him. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, why can't I meet with the leader? Why can't I meet with the pastor? Why can't I meet with the pastor? Many times the pastor can pray a lot better for you if they don't hear you. Huh? 
People say, I don't understand. They don't know my problem. We're not praying about a problem. We're praying about answers. Guess what? You never need to hear about a problem to believe God for an answer. Right? You don't need to know how sick somebody is or how desperate their situation is to get God to move. Oh, wow. It's that desperate? You mean your rent was due yesterday? Oh, I better pray now. No, you better pray now anyway. Why? Because you love them. Somebody doesn't bring me something and I say, oh, this really isn't that serious. I don't need to pray about this. I pray about it because I love them and it concerns them. Amen? That's not in the notes either. It's free. Call your faith buddy. It's a good thing. Call. But you know what? Don't, don't tell them your problem. Say, talk to me. When you need something to be built up, it's not time for you to talk. That's like saying, I need to eat. I'm so hungry, I need to eat. And the food's right there. I really need to eat. Wow, do I need to eat? I, I need to eat now. I'm hungry. i got to eat. I'm getting weak. I'm going to faint if I don't eat. i got to eat. i got to eat. You can talk about eating all day long, and it ain't going to help you. When you need to be built up, you quit talking, and you find somebody that's talking faith. Amen? Amen? Yes. Glory to God. Yes. Where did I say go? Hebrews 10? Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away. These are, these are trust words right here. Cast not away your confidence. Cast not away what you believe. Cast not away your trust in that word that the Lord gave you. In other words, cleave to it. Hold on to it. Don't cast it away. Amen? Casting away is quitting. What's he saying? Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't lose your confidence in what God has spoken. What God has spoken, He will surely bring to pass. If He says you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And guess what? I got a word from the Lord in this book. We're all okay. You're not going to be okay. You are an okay waiting to be. Amen? Don't cast away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. In other words, it pays off. All these other options, they don't pay. They don't have a good end. It doesn't end with your victory. It ends with your loss. This, confidence in God, confidence in His Word. Confidence, what's it talking about right before this? It says, remember when you were in a great struggle. Remember when you were believing God and you didn't cast away your confidence and you came out on the other side. Amen. Right? Not what it's talking about? Well, okay, verse 34. <laughs> Go backwards. Next, uh, 33. Go one more. 33. Okay, go one more. <laughs> It's going to say remember. Yeah, there we go. But call to remembrance in the former days after you were illuminated. In other words, after you saw the word, after you saw the truth, after you trusted God, and you endured a great fight of infliction. In other words, you endured a great people coming against you. You endured things coming against you, and you came through. Remember these things. Remember, remember when the doctor said you weren't going to make it and you're still here. Remember when you couldn't pay your rent and you're still in your house. Remember what God said about you. Remember when you weren't saved and now you are. Remember how good God's been to you. 
and how unfailing His truth is. That's what it's talk about. And then he's saying, then in verse 35, he says, don't cast away your confidence in what you remembered. Don't cast away your confidence because it has great recompense. The same reward that it paid when you believed me earlier, it, it repays now. Isn't it amazing how we can come through a great fight of faith and then quit on the next one? Because we didn't do this. We didn't remember. God has brought every person in here through some stuff. And He'll bring you through more. And you will come out on the other side victorious if you cast not away your confidence. Amen? It says, for you have need of patience. What's He saying? You need to, you need to what, eagerly expect my deliverance. Patience. What's that? Hopeful, cheerful, endurance. Patience. Hopeful, Cheerful endurance. You have need of hopeful, cheerful endurance. Born out of God's love. God's love equips us with this patience. You have the ability to have hopeful, cheerful endurance. Not just endurance. Hopeful, cheerful endurance. Anybody can endure. They go, oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I hate this, but I'm going to make it. I can't stand this. I don't know why I have to go through this, but I'm not going to quit. No, we can say, I am going to make it. I've already made it. Glory to God. What can I do for you while I'm making it? Hopeful, cheerful endurance. Don't just have endurance. Have hopeful, cheerful endurance. Right? You have need of it. I have need of it. That's why the Lord gave it to us. The Lord knew what you needed before you asked, and He gave it to you. In love, He gave it to you. Why? Love is patient. Amen? After you've done, that after you've done the will of God, you know you've done the will of God. You know you're in God's will. Don't get talked out of it by fine-sounding arguments. It's not time to listen to somebody else's side. You have the side you need. Don't listen to another side. You have a word from the Lord. Amen? After you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. What? You might receive the promise. Why? There's a chance you won't if you quit. Right? If you don't cast away your confidence, if you hold tight to the word of God, if you're patiently, hope, all right, cheerfully, hopefully enduring, then you will. And it says, for yet a little while, and it shall come. What? He that shall come will come. It says, even if it tarries, <laughs> there's not going to be a time to what? There's not going to be time to quit. Well, it's been a long time. I've been believing 10 years for this healing. You know what? I have been in debt for 20 years. Well, is stopping believing the answer? Do you think that the God knew that you didn't have a stopping point? He did. But he also knew that he could give you strength to go beyond it. And by his grace, you can get to the end of you and go on. Amen? That's when his grace kicks in. If you'll get to the end of you, he'll pick you up in his hand and he'll carry you over the threshold and you will receive if you refuse to quit. Amen? Where you end, God just began. Glory to God. He said, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure on him. In other words, faith pleases me. Trusting in what I say pleases me. If you draw back, I can't get to you what I have for you. He's not saying I'm mad at you. He's saying I can't get to you what I have for you. That doesn't please me. Why? Because it pleases God for your prosperity. Right? He takes pleasure in your prosperity. When He can't prosper you, He takes no pleasure. People need to quit looking at it like God's mad at me. God ain't never mad at you no more. That's what Jesus was. He was the sign that said, I ain't mad. He was the peace offering. Glory to God. He said, I'll have, but we, here's our sentence, but we are not. Say that after me. But we are not. <laughs> say, I am not. I'll tell you what, stand up, we'll say it together. I don't know what perdition is, but we ain't doing that either. <laughs> say, I am not of them who draw back, who quit. I am not who of them who listen to fine-sounding arguments. I am not of them who lose track of God's goodness. I remember every victory I remember every good word I am of those who believe to the saving of my soul glory to God thank you Lord thank you Lord you got a song Jesus.